Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Daryl, how are we doing today? I'm on vacation. You're on you're on vacation? It's the bye week. It's okay. Uh, well, I mean, today you had to work, though. This is not vacation for you. Oh, no, no. This is vacation for me. I, my vacation has already started. Oh, it did start. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I hope I didn't break up any vacation festivities. You did. Absolutely, you did. What okay. did I break up with our weekly 9 Nothing. o'clock hit? Okay. <laughs> Nothing. I'm Nothing? just giving okay. you a hard time. Okay. I was like, I had you on my, I put you in my calendar. I started using my calendar, and I put Daryl 9 o'clock Wednesday on my calendar as uh, if I'm going to miss it somehow. You would, I, you know what? You would never miss it. No. It's my highlight outside of our Tuesday at 9.20 weekly hit that we do. You said it with a straight face. I can't, I can't decide which is my favorite weekly hit with Daryl Ryder. I don't know. I don't know. Is it the Tuesday? Is it the Wednesday? What a busy day for you, though, Daryl. My goodness. This was uh, – I, I don't know what to make of what Andrew Barry said because he said a lot, so let's start with Deshaun Watson. What I was messing around with last segment and really last hour was the idea that uh, is it possible this injury is more serious than the Browns or anyone is letting on because uh, how are we even supposed to know what this injury is if we haven't been told any bit of truth in any sort of way across this entire thing? <laughs> Well, we've been told some truths. I from a million different directions. I don't know. I don't know which I truths know. to believe and who to believe, and and they can't keep anything that they, that they say straight. And I just I don't know. And I, I got I got fans. You know, they they tweet in and they say, well, "What do you mean he's going to be fine for the the Forty Niners game?" And I say, "How do I know that? How do I know that? How how can I possibly know that uh, when the man on according to Nathan on Sunday couldn't throw the football more than ten yards? It seems pretty problematic to me." And me, I also said that. You did too? Then exactly right. Now, what did Andrew Barry, when he said that Deshaun Watson couldn't lift his arm over his shoulder? I'm like, so wait, so we spent the whole week where he couldn't lift his arm over the shoulder, and then on Sunday he said what you said, what Nathan said, what everyone said, I guess, uh, with, with the whole uh, couldn't throw the football 10 yards. Daryl, that doesn't sound good to beat on the number one team in, in the NFL a week and a half from now. I'm uh, I'm sorry. Are you looking for logic? Yeah, I guess it went out the window. Uh, that's out the uh, yeah. That's, yeah. Exit <laughs> I mean, stage left for logic. Yeah. Um, well, uh, to me, the circle of trust was broken by Deshaun Watson because he clearly was not honest enough with the team about his capabilities because he was telling everybody that he was going to play, and they took him at his word. And then Sunday came, and he still couldn't do anything, and so he couldn't play. So the next time he's hurt, I, I don't know how the Browns can believe him. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yes. I, I don't know how the Browns can take him at his word. So that, to me, is the bigger issue because they're in the Deshaun Watson business now, and they got three and three-quarters years left to this at least, right? And, yeah. you know, so – I, I'm not saying that he wasn't truthful or honest, but I'm kind of putting, you know, I'm connecting the dots here. They were expecting him to play Sunday morning, and then he couldn't do it, and that's fine. But you got to give them a heads up that the, the possibility exists or plant the seed, do something, so that they could make other arrangements and plans because it's clear Kevin Stefanski may know other arrangements or plans. He was completely counting on Deshaun Watson to play. Uh, although I, I don't know if a guy's got a bum shoulder, why you'd call seven pass plays in the first 10 of the makes, game, makes but no that's sense. a different discussion. 
Oh, it makes it makes no sense. How you can look and see what he did on Friday or what he didn't do on Friday, and how he couldn't even put his arm over his shoulder throughout the entire week, and then not even think of another game plan. And I'm, that's I'm the sorry. Are you part. expecting the Browns to make sense? I, <laughs> I just are I, you are you new here? I it just it's mind boggling that they, I know I know they've been coming up with new reasons Dude, I've been to let us down this for, for thirty listen, years. I've but been seeing this goodness. for twenty five years. Okay, so no, like nothing surprises me. Uh, same song, different verse, my man. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It's fair. I just I understand where fans would look at me today and call in and say, you know, this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. Like this is it. I I can't mess with this regime if I can. I can't take anything they say seriously because because how do they how do they operate that with this whole entire week based off of Daryl? I hate to I hate to sound this way. Me and you, we would have figured that out. We would I know we would have figured that out. Like that is not hard to go through that process, and they just didn't just didn't even try. It's so bothersome to me. Well, you know my golden rule. If it's something that I know or I can figure out, then it's absolutely 100% something you should know and figure out. <laughs> it's a good rule. It's, it's yes. I mean, I, I keep the bar low. It, <laughs> it, like, it's not like I'm setting unattainable goals and expectations over here, you know? But, yeah. No, I mean, th- that's my chief concern going forward. Like, uh, how do you trust Deshaun Watson's word going forward after this? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm going to play. I'm going to play. I mean, Deshaun was telling everyone, including Mary Kay Cabot, he was going to play. And then he, he couldn't do it. And again, the, the criticism has nothing to do with him being hurt because that happens. The criticism is that uh, either the organization wasn't paying attention to how hurt he was or they didn't hear him express to them how hurt he was you, you know what i'm saying like yeah i kind of have to be fair about it and and you know but like yeah like it should have never happened any other takeaways outside of deshaun watson uh, that you thought was interesting from andrew barry today no uh, he's happy with just about everything yeah really happy with jedrick wills which i just don't get well, I mean, obviously he made the bet. He's got a Y in it. I, I think where he's got some true egg on his face is not necessarily that it was a first-round pick and he stuck with his guys. It's when you you restructure his deal the way that he did this offseason where you can't even get out of it for the next two years if you wanted to. And I feel like that's that's the real, like, oh, I screwed up here and I got to make sure that I, I stay with this one. But, like, he, he just it, he acts like we're idiots in that regard. It, it's bothersome. Well, I, I don't know if he acts like we're idiots, but – um, I, I would say that Jedrick Wills was not the player to extend the cap liabilities of. Like, you want to get him off your books as quickly as possible because he's just not good. Um, or at least he's not good consistently enough to be worthy of what he's going to make in the fifth year of his contract. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I just... Andrew and I, we respectfully disagree on the evaluation of Jedrick Will's talent and ability. Honestly, when this thing's all said and done, and I know we've talked before, and I, we've both advocated that if if Stefanski's gone after this year or whatever, we both thought, and I just remember you saying it, you can tell me if you disagree with that now, that Andrew Berry had done enough to keep his job. But uh, honestly, restructuring uh, Jedrick Wills and, and the belief he's gotten him, and then the the deal he did with uh, with Jack Conklin as well that completely blew up in his face. I, I don't know. The more and more I get to see, I think he makes some really good off season deals. I really do. I think he makes the right additions. I think he is smart, but I just he's just so stubborn with some of these things. And honestly, the, between Conklin and, and Jedrick Wills, it's that's that's two big misses right there. Well, you, you, 
Wills is the miss. Conklin, you you can't. I mean, I, I'm not going to fault Andrew Berry there. You, you can't. It uh, wasn't good pre- last year, though. He wasn't. Yeah, but good last yeah, year. but you can't predict that the guy's going to get hurt and be lost for he's, the season. He's over 30, and he wasn't good last year. Like it wasn't that hard to predict. Well, and the, the but you also have to look at the tackle market that's out there. It was a lot of money like, they gave. Him. I, I, I'm just it saying, a, it was who, a lot of money they gave. Him. I mean, do, do you have a player that you would have preferred them go out and sign instead of uh, keeping Jack Conklin? I, I just, I, I'm just preventing presenting the other side of the argument here, like. Uh, you know, it, it's it's more than I mean, they signed him in December. OK, um, to that extension. But, you know, um, they did bring Dewan Jones. That's a hit, uh, you know, um, but Jed Wills is a pretty big mess. That, that That's a big mess. And uh, I, I feel like he's being crammed down our throats right now. Like he is a viable long term left tackle. And he, he, there's just no way that guy can be. Do you, I'm, con- I'm sorry. do you have concerns about the offensive line? Like, I think it might be the worst I've seen it in the previous half decade, Daryl. Like right now, like currently right now, because the offensive line has been really, really solid and has been such a good part of this team in the, well, I just call it the Kevin Stefanski era. Let's not even go back to like the beginning part of Baker Mayfield or anything like that. Well, just in the Kevin Stefanski era, he's always had a couple things that, that have worked to his credit. I believe this to be true. He's always had a really good offensive line, and he's always had a really good run game. And one of the things I'm worried about is that for the first time now, it appears he doesn't have a really good run game because Nick Chubb is injured, and he doesn't have a really good offensive line. And that that's really problematic. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, um... I think that blocking for Deshaun changes things for the guys up front. Um, maybe not everybody on the offensive line is perfectly suited for a quarterback like Deshaun Watson. Um, but at the same time, you know, they lost, they lost one and replaced him with, uh, a quality replacement. Jed is just a, a, a turnstile on the left side for 25% of the game. Um, you know, Betonio's, I think, playing really, really well. I think Wyatt Teller's still playing really, really well. They got an, you know, you know, we'll see what happens with Ethan Posick and the knee injury, but Nick Harris played well last year. You put him in there. I mean, you, you know how hard it is to maintain the same offensive line for as long as the Browns have had and to have them play at the level that the Browns have had, it's not easy to do. Bill Callahan's one of the best in the business. So um, I'm not going to be jumping all over the offensive line like you are. I I recognize the weakness on the left side of it, but um, I I think that the quarterback play needs to be better. I I, I think that if that is better, um, the offensive line looks better. You know what I'm saying? Um, they looked awful last week because, well, DTR was running around like a chicken with his head cut off for half the game. Yeah, and obviously that didn't help. And and I, I know a lot of people just want to stick to, like, you know, PFF grades or something like that. And that's not that's not the best indicator of a lot of things. And I, I people will be like, oh, but the Browns don't have a, a single player graded inside the top 20. I know it's not great. We all get it's not great. I just I, – I feel like that was an ace – that Kevin Stefanski continually had up his sleeve between those two things. And in the past couple weeks, we've just watched it kind of dissipate in, a, in an interesting way. Uh, Daryl, 
We talked a little bit about Jonathan Taylor yesterday. We've talked about uh, uh, different additions that they may add on and what they could potentially do with the trade deadline. I know. You think he's going to bring in all these guys and it ain't happening, but go no, ahead. No, that's the question i got to ask you. I really – I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I don't think he's doing squat at the deadline. So <laughs> so would that suggest the, Brown, the Browns maybe aren't all as all in as maybe I, I want them Takes to be? Takes two to tango. And do you really want them going three straight years without a first or second round draft pick? Listen, they they don't need to have a first round draft pick until my my seven month old daughter turns eighteen. For all I'm, I care, I'm just, saying, I, I'm just do, trying do to you really. Do you really want them going three straight years without uh, a pick in the top two rounds? I think you want to keep your job, though, don't you? Like if I'm Andrew Barry and I'm Kevin Stefanski, if I'm Stefanski in particular, I'm I'm exhausting everything I have to make sure that I keep my job. And if I make a mess. Listen, Wes Snead gets to clean up the mess that he made, and he'll do it, and he'll be able to do it because he won a Super Bowl. Like, I mean, it's it just sometimes that's the price of doing business. You got to extend this thing as long as you can, and and it might it might end up where we, the Browns fans, are the ones that pay the price at the end of it all. But sometimes you really got to push the chips in the middle of the table if you just want to keep your job. Well, they they've been pushing the chip. They pushed the chips to the middle of the table the day they drafted or traded for Deshaun Watson. Well, then what would stop them from going further? Uh, money. Uh, Can't let money be the issue. Finding somebody else to do a trade that's equitable for you. Like, Andrew Barry just can't be reckless and emotional and be like, yeah, we, we absolutely have to get a running back because our, our running game has vanished against two, two of the better run defenses in the league. So we got to panic and, and give up uh, valuable future draft capital to, to patch that hole. With an, with an expensive player who's looking, who's not a long-term solution, who's looking for big money, et cetera. It's like, I, I just, it, it sounds good. Go trade for Jonathan Taylor. And the, to me, that's an emotional prisoner of the moment type of reaction. Jerome Ford had a 26-yard run on the first play of the game. They get called back because of a holding penalty. Okay? So, I mean, he has shown the ability, and I will agree with Andrew Barry, in what he said today, he has shown the ability to make big plays in the run game. Jerome Ford has. Um, is he Nick Chubb? No. There is no Nick Chubb, as Barry said. Nick Chubb's a unicorn, all right? But I, I just, I, th- I think it's premature to just say or accept that the running game doesn't exist anymore because I, I don't think that's the case. I think they went up against two pretty good defensive fronts, and they got another one coming against San Francisco, so I'm expecting it to be another long afternoon trying to run the football. Yeah, but like I, I do think I, I do agree with Barry. I, I think Jerome Ford's a young player that's got some talent, that's got some big playability, and sometimes you just got to. To me, I think you just got to keep feeding the beast until something breaks, right? I mean, you you did it with Nick Chubb, you did it with Kareem Hunt in years past. I'm not advocating for Kareem Hunt to have that done now. Because I think I, I don't know necessarily the Kareem's the same player, but like I, I just think that there's a little bit of overreaction going on right now. And quite frankly, I don't think they ran the ball enough Sunday against Baltimore. They should have come out running the ball. Then, if you fall behind by those two scores and you have to start throwing, then that then that's what you have to do. But they didn't do that. They came out throwing the ball again. Seven of the first ten plays were. Pass plays. Yeah, we also had 11 yards total rushing at the half. I, they weren't able to when they ran the ball. They weren't able to move the ball. Well, uh, there was also a minus 20 yard run there by Elijah Moore that totally just you know detonated the run stats. Remember, 
uh, last week, a lot, uh, the week before, I should say, against Tennessee. All right, so instead of 12 carries for 11 well, yards, it'd be 12 well, can, carries can for I finish my thought? Can I finish my thought sure, here for a second? Sure, yeah, 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 go ahead. Elijah Moore got penalized because he did the smart thing and fell on Deshaun Watson's 16-yard backyard pass, and he got charged with a 16-yard loss. So I, I'm not trying to go uh, Butch Davis on you and, hey, you take away those. and the right, But I, I do think that you kind of have to look at what's actually happened too. There have been some plays that have skewed the running stats. So I, I think that they're going to be okay running the ball. It's just Kevin Stefanski's got to run the ball. I mean, they weren't able to do either one, if we're being honest about it, though. They weren't able to pass just the same as they weren't able to run. That was just uh, – I don't think we can look at that game and, and use much of – much of what happened and, and push that one moving forward. Daryl, I got to let you go. I appreciate you as always. Uh, it, it, enjoy the vacation. Enjoy the couple of days off. Thank you, man. I am. I love the fact that I will not have to speak to you until next Tuesday. Now. <laughs> after that I'm interview, just gonna, I'm just going to call you now. After that grilling that I just got through the grilling. cheese grater. That was a grilling. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. Uh, I'm going to call you intentionally now. Uh, yeah, and, but you think I'm sure. actually going to answer your call. That's your mistake. That's true. Straight to voicemail is where <laughs> I belong. Where I constantly belong in life. Enjoy the weekend, bud. Thank you, Daryl. You too.